really got to find some music. Welcome to Doc to Me, where we drink and talk about our latest documentary obsession. I'm Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week on the show, we are covering Mommy, Dead, and Dears. You watched it, right? Really fucking depressing. Okay, making sure you didn't watch something else. It's <laughs> <laughs> not in the mood. It is a 20- little Mommy Dearest instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It is a 2017 American documentary film directed by Aaron Lee Carr about the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard, for which her daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and Gypsy's boyfriend, Nicholas Godajan, were accused. It debuted on HBO on May 16, 2017, and it's a rough one. It is really hard to get through. It explores both the murder and its aftermath, but also the years of abuse that Gypsy suffered at the hands of her mother due to Munchausen by proxy. And of course, it features home video footage, which always makes me feel gross. Yeah. Like it's too intimate. It's, it's like a creepy look into the lives. Yeah. I just, I didn't, although... I, it shouldn't have been, but the texts were very laughable. Like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those where I'm not sure how I feel at the end, but I guess I know we'll, how I feel. <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused about it. I am just going to start by saying, bitch got what she deserved. Yeah, but it's not that. It's just what happened afterwards. Oh, yeah. No, that I feel is an injustice. So it immediately starts off in a police interrogation room. So, you know, there's some real shit going on. And I love that there's a small table lamp in that room. It looks like a very, like, 1995 room. Yeah. It's... Those rooms are usually, like, brightly lit, so I'm not sure why... I feel like it wasn't really an interrogation table. room. It was more no, of just, like, some kind of, like... It's one of the ones where you take them in when you're telling a family member that somebody died, so they try to make it feel, I guess, Would not homely. have been comforting. Did you see, like, the little drawing that was, like thumbtack to the wall no i didn't it was really weird yeah (laughs) so anyway it's june 15th 2015 at 10 40 in waukesha wisconsin have you ever been to wisconsin i have not but i kind of want to go it's beautiful a lot of (laughs) cornfields sounds majestic i went there for a friend's wedding and so beautiful there it was like 80 degrees and they were all like sweltering and i'm like this is really nice in august but i think maybe the bar i visited had cheese curds to go and get liquor to go so i got like a cup of of cheese curds and i'm just sitting in the passenger seat just like oh i'm loving it here (laughs) definitely not texas so, right, uh, June 15, 2015, police are interviewing 19-year-old named Gypsy Rose Blanchard over the death of her mother, Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard. She looks terrified and seems absolutely devastated to learn that her mother's dead. She emphatically denies having anything to do with it, which if you don't know anything about the case, it's kind of believable. Right. Seems legit. Yeah. So, yeah, she's even, like, gasping for air in between sobbing and talks about how there's no way because her mom was her best friend. She's she's good. She's really good. Uh, and then they show us crime scene photos of the house, and I had to be reminded that it happened in Missouri. 
because it looks like a house straight out of florida <laughs> it's so weird looking like it does not fit in the cops not buying her story and asks her why did nicholas kill your mom and then it cuts to the title screen and it's like oh okay <laughs> some shit so now we're shown footage from six years previous with a bald gypsy rose coming out on stage in a wheelchair which if you don't know anything about this story you're like really weird yeah it's a really bonkers story and then i'm tortured with her singing i don't like children singing i do not but also it's extra weird because like her age throughout is like really confusing yeah like i'm confused was she actually 19 in the police interview because then she was talking about how she was 20 well when they're like interviewing her she doesn't even know how old she is no she doesn't it's 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 all extremely fucked up yeah and i remember it happening yeah i i remember when it was well we'll get yeah we'll get we'll get to it so let's get into what we're really interested in which is the crime uh the police were initially called out on june 14 2015 to check on the well-being of a family after friends saw facebook postings that were concerning these facebook posts are fucked up that bitch is dead yeah first Dee, Dee and gypsy have a shared facebook account that's which is never good gross. <laughs> but the posts are definitely concerning the first post is that bitch is dead and then in the comments on that post someone from the same account said i fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet innocent daughter her screams were so fucking loud lol <laughs> with terrible grammar throughout and i i distinctly remember that whole facebook post just being like a big deal or whatever yeah like so obviously friends of the two are absolutely freaked out this 48 year old woman who takes care of her wheelchair bound daughter who has all these health issues and has a brain development of a seven-year-old as a result of her premature birth obviously wouldn't have posted something so heinous but i love when the cop reads out the post he's like nothing made me happier than this middle-aged man saying lol (laughs) oh my god so let's get into the murder the blanchard's friends after having their phone calls unanswered go to the house they knew that they were often on medical trips for gypsy but when they got to the house Dee Dee's car that was modified to hold gypsy's wheelchair is still there so obviously they can't go to an appointment if they don't take that special car no one's answering the door so they call 911 once the police arrive they can't get into the house without a search warrant so one of the neighbors shimmied their way into the house through a window but saw that all of Gypsy's wheelchairs were still present. They get a warrant and they enter the house and find Dee Dee's body. Friends and family immediately start up a GoFundMe for the Blanchard's funeral costs. They know Dee Dee's dead, but assume that since Gypsy doesn't have her wheelchair, her medication, or any of her medical devices like oxygen takes or feeding tubes, she's not going to survive for long. A neighbor who was a secret confidant for Gypsy tells the police that Gypsy has a secret boyfriend and has her own secret Facebook account that she uses to talk to said boyfriend. With this information, cops trace the IP address from the creepy Facebook post previously mentioned, and it leads them to a house in Big Bend, which is a small village in Wisconsin. 
they raid the house of the Godajons and find Gypsy alive and well and able to walk without the assistance of a wheelchair. Shock. Everyone was like, mind That's blown. That's when I heard about the story. Because I was like, this girl's supposed to be in a wheelchair and she's walking around. It was huge. Like, the sheriff was literally like, this bitch can walk. Yeah. Because it was big news. Like, this mom's murdered and her daughter who needs a wheelchair is missing. And then, surprise! She's walking! (laughs) She's a secret boyfriend, and she's walking. They arrest Gypsy and her boyfriend, Nicholas Godajan, and extradite them back to Missouri, where they're held on a million-dollar bond. The police hold a press conference where they urge people not to donate to the family because things are not always what they appear. Gypsy has never been sick, has always been able to walk, and her mother made her pretend otherwise. So now the cops are saying, no, there's fraud involved with this. Do not donate. Just absolutely mind-blowing. Just the whole thing. Just sick. We're shown that while Gypsy is crying and saying she has no idea why any of this is happening or why her mom's dead, Nicholas is straight up admitting that he wouldn't have done it if Gypsy hadn't asked him to do it. And those Facebook posts... She wrote that. Just, I feel like if you're going to murder someone, you probably shouldn't post about it on Facebook. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I feel like that was, like, step one in the fuck up. Yeah. Backstory to what led to all this. Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Petre in Check Bay, Louisiana in 1967. She was one of five children of Claude Petra Sr. and Emma Lois Gisclare. That's weird. She had control issues. When things didn't go her way, she would get revenge by stealing from family members. And later on, the family suspected her of killing her own mother by denying her food. Yeah, she was definitely a very troubled person. Yeah, she'd steal from family and open up credit cards in their name. She had a history of working as a nurse's aide, which might be where she gained her medical knowledge that she uses later on. This is the weird part. At 24, she became pregnant by a 17-year-old named Rod Blanchard. What the fuck? She's 24, he's 17. And then he marries her, because that's just what you do in the South. They named the daughter Gypsy Rose, because Dee Dee likes the name Gypsy. And Rod was a fan of Guns N' Roses, because again, he's 17. (laughs) Of course he does. The couple separates shortly before Gypsy's birth when Rod realizes he got married for the wrong reasons. Like his wife being 24 and owns a tarantula. <laughs> yeah, apparently that. she was into some weird shit. Like she was really into like like the occult and like just paranormal. I don't know. She He definitely was like she was, she was a little weird. She's weird and he's not even old enough to buy cigarettes. Exactly. So when he turns 18, he's, he's a little wised up and mm-hmm. he... He bails. So Gypsy was born July 27, 1991, and when Dee Dee finally realized Ron wasn't going to take her back, she moved in with her family. By the time Gypsy was three months old, her mother was convinced the baby suffered from sleep apnea, and this is when the endless hospital visits began. Tests find no such condition, so she moved on to claiming Gypsy had more issues due to chromosomal <laughs> disorder. At one point, even claiming Gypsy had muscular dystrophy and needed to use a walker. At seven or eight, Gypsy was riding her grandfather's motorcycle when they were involved in a minor accident. Which, don't take children on motorcycles. (laughs) Pretty common sense. Yeah. She suffered a cut to her knee, so her mom insisted she be given a wheelchair. (laughs) 
I too need a wheelchair every time I scrape my knee. <laughs> she was taken out of school and her mom began to homeschool her, supposedly because her illnesses were so severe. Dee Dee moves in with her father and stepmother, where Dee Dee would prepare food for the family. Her stepmother soon begins suffering from her own chronic illness, which is later suspected to be from Dee Dee putting weed killer in her food. During this time, Dee Dee is arrested for several minor things, including writing bad checks. I think they even speculated that she might have been wanted by, like, if she was, like, on America's Most Wanted yeah, list or something like, like that. that. And it was like, that doesn't sound accurate. No. Her family confronts her about her treatment of Gypsy, and so she takes Gypsy and moves into public housing. And Dee Dee pays for bills with Rod's child support payment and public assistance that she's granted due to Gypsy's medical conditions. Miraculously, after this, her stepmother's health improves. Shocking. <laughs> August 2005, they left their home after it was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina and moved into a shelter set up for individuals with special needs. Dee Dee claims that all of Gypsy's medical records and birth certificate were destroyed in the flooding, and a doctor takes pity and has Dee Dee and Gypsy airlifted to Missouri. So that's how they end up in Missouri. Well, I mean, when you're trying to fool doctors, it takes a lot of... You have to try multiple doctors, and you have to have lots of different stories. I mean, you can't just stick with one doctor for the entire childhood if you're going to the wool over someone's eyes. I'm just, just shocked by the 2000s that they were destroyed in flooding. Like, nothing's on computers. computers Not everything was away. digital, okay, Heather? I guess. By 2008, Habitat for Humanity builds them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub in Springfield, Missouri, and they move in. Why do you need a hot tub? Obviously, it's to help with her ailments. <laughs> The community is absolutely intrigued by the story of a single mother with a severely disabled daughter that were forced to flee from Katrina and they receive an immense outpouring of support. They receive free flights to see doctors, free trips to Disney World, and backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. That's concerts with an S. Multiple. Uh, they receive most of this through Make-A-Wish Foundation. And throughout all of this, Rod is still making his monthly child support payments of $1,200 a month, as well as sending gypsy gifts. So they're just getting a ton of money. Oh yeah, she was totally, like, fucking ripping people off. Yeah. He talks to her on the phone, and he and his second wife, Christy, try many times to make plans to visit Gypsy, but Dee Dee's constantly changing plans or making excuses why he can't see his daughter. Which is probably because Dee Dee's telling all these friends and stuff that Rod is an abusive drug addict and an alcoholic who never came to terms with his sick daughter and never sends them money. That couldn't be ruined by this nice, clean-cut guy showing up who obviously loves his daughter. Right, it wouldn't fit with the narrative that yeah. she has built. Gypsy was this charming girl who was five feet tall, nearly toothless, had huge glasses, and this creepy childlike voice i hated <laughs> that yeah, high pitch she, she looks like a little kid yeah she often wore wigs or hats to cover her bald head which was regularly shaved to mimic the appearance of a chemotherapy patient she still had eyebrows though <laughs> well i mean your mom wasn't thinking of everything <laughs> So Dee Dee allegedly told Gypsy that since her medication would eventually make her hair fall out, it was best to just shave it in advance. 
Yeah, because she was telling people she had, what, leukemia? Yeah. <laughs> like, this child isn't sick enough. You also have to, like, throw in fake leukemia. Mm-hmm. Though we have more medical interventions. Dee Dee had some of Gypsy's saliva glands treated with Botox and then eventually removed them altogether to control her drooling, which was caused by Dee Dee putting anesthesia to numb her gums before doctor visits. And because of the glands being removed, her teeth ended up rotting. Yeah. She had tubes placed in her ears to control all of her ear infections that she supposedly had. And then, yeah, the not having the salivary glands and anti-seizure medication she was on caused her teeth to decay to the point that most of her teeth were removed. Dee Dee would also use physical abuse to control her daughter. She would constantly hold her hand, and whenever Gypsy would slip up about her sickness or her mental capability, she would just give her hand a tight squeeze. She would also slap her or hit her with a coat hanger. The medicine closet picture they show is... uh, I think about that a lot. Yeah, it was horrifying to see that much medication. Just an entire closet. Literally, like... Like, I feel weird as a mother having, like, a medicine cabinet of, like, a little side of a door, you know, yeah. with medicines for my kids. But, like, an entire fucking closet full of different things. And she was taking all of this stuff daily. Yeah. Just mind-blowing. Yeah. Then we get to Bernardo Flasterstein. He's a pediatric neurologist who saw Gypsy in Springfield. He was like the first one who became suspicious of her muscular dystrophy diagnosis. He orders all these tests for her and found no abnormalities. Doesn't see any reason why she shouldn't be able to walk. Right, because despite being in a wheelchair, her muscle mass is still there. Like she still yeah, has muscle said, tone. Yeah, he said it was like kind of low, but still pretty strong. He notes that Dee Dee was not a good historian. Which, yeah, he contacts Gypsy's previous doctors in New Orleans and learns that Gypsy's original muscle biopsy had come back negative, which undermines Dee Dee's self-reported diagnosis, as well as her claim that all of Gypsy's records had been destroyed by flooding. He suspected the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, and once Dee Dee gains access to his notes and sees that diagnosis, stops taking her to see him but at the same time he didn't report to cps because he felt that he wouldn't be believed because she was so i guess well liked and well and he's told by other doctors that you know you need to treat them with care which is just i feel like he was like the one of the first steps in like really failing to save her a lot of people fucked up when it came to this kid yeah well at one point uh police get an anonymous call about Dee Dee's use of different names and birth dates for herself and her daughter and suggested that gypsy was in better health so officers perform a wellness check and they accept Dee Dee's explanation that she used the misinformation to make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find her and gypsy And without talking to Rod, they just believe this. Yeah, she's a good liar. Yeah, the file is closed, and they just move on. I mean, you're told that this woman's a liar, but you're still just not going to follow up on anything. It's... There's a lot of failure. Yeah. 
So since 2001, Gypsy had attended science fiction and fantasy conventions, sometimes in costumes so she could blend in, even in her wheelchair. At an event in 2011, she made an escape attempt that ended when her mom found her in a hotel room with a man she had met online. So Dee Dee shows the guy a false birth certificate that showed Gypsy's age as being a teenager and threatens to call the cops. After this, Dee Dee smashed Gypsy's computer with a hammer and threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried to escape again. She also kept Gypsy leashed and handcuffed to her bed for two weeks. Keep in mind all this is coming from Gypsy though. So it's like some of it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's I feel like she's been lying for so long because of her mother that like maybe everything is not completely accurate. Yeah. But just looking at her, I am more inclined to believe her than her mother, obviously. I don't know though. I mean we'll get into that though. <laughs> so Dee Dee tells her that she'd file paperwork with the police claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent making Gypsy believe that if she ever ran to the police for help, she wouldn't be believed. Which, the fact that she would run to the police, they would see her walking, <laughs> you'd think they'd be like, well, let's look into this. Yeah, that's a little questionable. Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to do that. So sometime around 2012, Gypsy continues to use the internet after her mother had gone to bed to avoid her type supervision. She made contact online with Nicholas Godijan, and what she said was a Christian singles group. Yeah, well, and it was like, meet a pastor or something like yeah. that, which I was like a little confused on, because this kid's clearly not a pastor. That's why I didn't know if maybe the documentary took liberties with that. <laughs> maybe they couldn't think of any other like Christian dating. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, he was apparently a Catholic, which I, I feel is not accurate, really. So... Nicholas John, not a good guy. He has a criminal record for indecent exposure, a history of mental illness, and okay, Asperger's can we get syndrome. In, can we get into his, his indecent exposure? Oh, yeah. Because what the fuck, man? The dude was caught watching porn in a McDonald's and fondling himself for oh. nine <laughs> hours. Like, what does that even mean? Nine hours. That's a fucking full-time job. Like, what does that mean? They watched him for nine hours? Or... Who's fucking fondling yourselves <laughs> in the McDonald's watching porn for nine hours? Like, I got a day job, bro. He also pretends he's a vampire, according to his ex-girlfriend. He's not mentally well, obviously. But nine hours. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. Chicken nuggets are not that good. No. Like, <laughs> does he also work at the McDonald's? Like, how do you how do you make time for that? I don't know. In 2014, Gypsy confided to Aaliyah Woodmancy, a 23 year old neighbor, that she and Godajan had discussed eloping and even chose names for their potential children. <laughs> Seems a little fast. <laughs> Sounds like a very teenager thing to do. Yeah. Aaliyah tries to talk her out of it, thinking Gypsy's too young and is being taken advantage of by an online sexual predator. Little does she know, Gypsy's only a year younger than her. So, despite Dee Dee's effort to prevent her from using the internet, going so far as destroying her phone and laptop, Gypsy has five Facebook accounts and maintained contact with Go to John, who saved printouts of her posts. Super weird. Yeah. This is when we get to the weird part. So the next year, Gypsy arranges and pays for Go to John to come to Missouri. The plan is for him to just casually bump into her and her mom as they're leaving a movie theater. 
and just strike up a relationship that way so he can meet her mom. Somehow this stupid plan works and they sneak up to a bathroom for sex afterwards. It's so weird. But in the end, her mom's like, that dude's really creepy. Why is he coming to a children's movie by himself <laughs> during the day? Yeah, and the only people in the theater, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a kid with him. Yeah. And she's like, now that I think about it, it did seem creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think? And then she also had plans of getting pregnant so her mom would be forced to accept him. Because that works. I don't know. It's just... She is like a child. Like She really is. Well, and when you think about it, she apparently had only had up to like a second grade education. And yeah. so when you think about like... A second grader, I mean, they're not exactly the brightest crayons. Yeah. They continue their online interactions and begin to develop the plan to kill her mom. Which they called Plan B. What was yeah. Plan A? <laughs> For her to get pregnant. <laughs> well, they didn't mention that. <laughs> so I'm sitting here thinking, like, Plan B? Like, I feel like you should probably have at least a couple more plans ahead of Plan, you know, murder. No, you'd be, you're just... Again, you're being crazy, like always. June 9th, 2015, Dee goes to sleep, and Gypsy opens the back door to go to John, hands him a knife, gloves, and duct tape. She hides in the bathroom and covers her ears so she doesn't have to hear the screams of her mother as she stabs 17 times in her back while she's sleeping. The two have sex so he won't rape her mom? Yeah, that was that was a weird thing. Like, and the the woman interviewing him that kept asking if like he put his penis inside of her or like in her <laughs> mouth her. or on her anywhere. I was just like, okay, lady, we get it. Like, <laughs> he asked him, he said no. But yeah, apparently she allowed him to rape her so that he wouldn't rape her mother. Yeah. But that also doesn't, we, we didn't even touch on the BDSM that he is apparently, like, really into with his. But I, I don't know if, I feel like she's into it more than him. I, I think it was maybe a mutual thing. I don't know. But he, it was really. But they kind of passed the blame back and forth between them on whose right. idea it was. Well, yeah. No, exactly. And neither of them wants to, like, fess up. And he's trying to say it was her idea. And, you know, she's like, no, it was totally him. And I wasn't into it. It's just, it's a very. And it's hard to, to tell because, you know, she's such a child and he's, you know, there with his, like, Asperger's and just not mentally well. Yeah. After this, they leave the house with $4,000 that Dee Dee had stashed. They flee to a motel and stay there for a few days while they play in their next move. Witnesses and security cameras spot her walking around with a wig on. Which is so stupid when she tries to pretend later on that she wasn't a willing accomplice. She seemed pretty normal to me. Yeah. There's just no planning on any of this. Uh, she mails the murder weapon to go to John's house in Wisconsin so they won't be caught with it. And they take a bus up to the house. Which it was two ninety four to mail that knife. <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't know why I thought it'd be like at least $5. It was, it was pretty cheap, you yeah. know, trying to get away with murder. Obviously, the cops figure all of this out because common sense. Like, it they was... trace the Facebook posts and, oh, here's cameras of her just walking around with them. And then 
It was not the brightest plan. No. But again, she has a second grade education. Uh, I can tell you right now, my seven-year-old probably wouldn't (laughs) be able to get away with murder. So the next month, Gypsy accepts a plea bargain of second degree murder and gets 10 years. She'll be eligible for parole in 2024 when she's 32. Go to John goes to trial and is found guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. In February 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction, and that was because the prosecutors declined to seek the death penalty for either one of them, and he gets an additional 25 years for the armed criminal action, which runs concurrent with his life sentence. Dee Dee's family in Louisiana are not moved at all by her death to the point that no one pays for her funeral, and eventually her father and stepmother just flush her ashes down a toilet. Like, that whole family is just, like, so... over it. They are, like... I mean, to be fair, she did clearly poison the stepmother. Killed her own mom. And fucking fucked over her entire... Like, that child literally had only ever known being this, like, fake sick. And real sick because of all the surgeries and medications she was being given. Gypsy's father, Rod, and Christy are absolute angels. They stand by Gypsy, and they have so much guilt about all the abuse she suffered. I love her dad. His hats. I love his hats. <laughs> he has two hats with the same hat, but two different colors. Oh, yeah. He seems he seems like a stand-up guy. And his, that awesome Cajun accent he has. Oh, yeah. Love it. I don't know if it was... It, I'm not going to lie. I feel like he gives good hugs. I'm not <laughs> like going to lie. The so moment sweet. when he gets to hug her and she starts crying that she doesn't want to go, yeah. I started crying because it felt so much like a little child. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, she, she was a kid. Yeah, he really seems like a great dad. He could have just completely abandoned his daughter just to get away from Dee Dee and all her bullshit. But he, he was still, really trying. He tries several times to see her. All right, here's where I get to it. I believe she absolutely should be in prison. I I agree, and I think that it will do her good. She can get counseling. and She can get an education. Get an education. I mean, because otherwise, like, she's just going to be just as fucked up dealing with everything that she's gone through. I feel like it's a good time for her to turn her life around. I feel like 10 years is not enough, though. She tried so hard to deny she had anything to do with the murder. She tries to hide the murder weapon. She wasn't forced to do that. She staged her own kidnapping. Like, I feel like she's not at all innocent. Like, I wonder if she learned manipulation techniques from her mom. I have to agree that she's probably just as manipulative as her mother. But I disagree. I do think that 10 years is like... I mean... I, I do feel for her with the abuse. Just as a mom, looking at everything that was done to her, I can't help but feel that her mother got what she deserved. It was fucked up. Like, to do something like that to your own child. Just, I couldn't fathom, like... But I feel like she could have called her dad and told him, or called anybody. She was meeting with the neighbor all the time. I just, a part of me thinks that it had gone on so long that it was kind of like a, like, what am I? Like, I feel like she. A Stockholm Syndrome type thing. She did. She was definitely, she 
could have made better choices. She should have made better choices. But I feel like she felt like she had no other choice. The fact that he gets life. I do think that is she fucked up. Ten years, which isn't even ten years as we know. Right. She only has to serve, what, eight and a half? Yeah. I, I do agree that it's fucked up that he got life and she only got ten years when they were both equally parts of what occurred. Yeah. But I just... <sighs> this is why I said the end just makes me feel like confusion because it's like I understand what she went through but I feel like 10 years was just it just doesn't feel like enough it's just well when you think about like if her mom had been caught for all that she had done I can't help but feel she wouldn't have gotten more than 10 years for you know spending what 20 something years or like whatever like completely destroying her daughter's life yeah she had no idea of what reality actually was she had been in a wheelchair for so long she had been you know no fucking teeth (laughs) (laughs) just like a feeding tube that her mother was putting whatever medicine she felt like putting in there like you know I just it's hard for me because I feel like there is no real justice well, even no matter what, the part where she talked about how she's painting her mom's nails, knowing that he's on his way there to kill her, and she doesn't say anything to her mom, or it's just so weird. I, I just I feel like she had this mindset that she had no way out, and that, and, but then I do think that she regretted that her mom was dead. I feel like, you know, she was actually heartbroken about her mom's passing but at the same time like she said 10 years in prison was still better than another 10 years of being stuck in this like fucking drugged up like i'd feel better like if when they were arrested she would have just came out and said it but the way she's crying and blaming him for stuff and she had nothing to do with it she wouldn't have ever done it i feel like they were right the you know the buzzfeed reporter or whatever when she was saying that it's hard to imagine that you know she spent that much time with you know a mother who was so manipulative that she could like fool the entire you know everyone around her like I think that she's right like she probably had some of that rub off on her and was you know capable of lying and pretending just as well as her mother yeah she was getting stuff out of it but at what cost I just I can't, like, a trip to Disney and backstage for Miranda Lambert or whatever the fuck, like, that's, fuck, like, your teeth and, (laughs) and just being a normal person and being able to attend school past the second grade and being able to walk and have a boyfriend and just, like, normal life, I just, I feel like that shit was not worth it. I don't think that she I feel like her mom definitely got more out of it because she was clearly mentally unwell and Mm -hmm. I and I think that you know the doctor should have done a better job like you should have been able to catch the next thing I mean I was gonna talk about yeah Uh, yeah that fucking doctor he suspected the abuse and didn't do everything he could to report it make sure the police did something I don't like the way it kind of made him out to be a hero because he was the first one that recognized it right but he didn't do shit didn't do anything he did not do a single thing to save this girl and he even listed in his possible diagnosis and didn't fucking report it which is what he was supposed to do if he even has an inkling of 
right. It's child abuse. You are yeah. supposed to. He's a mandated reporter, and yet he did not report because he felt like it wouldn't be worthy. Which, and I just, that's... like, I don't care if people believe me or not. If I see something wrong, I'm going to say something. Yeah. And he saw something wrong. He saw something very wrong. And he did nothing, and it continued to happen because he did nothing. He just sat by while she's having to get feeding tubes inserted, like, every six months. And yeah, which they don't put you to sleep for. You know, constantly being drugged because... And he doesn't report it because he didn't think she was being neglected. Which, motherfucker, what are you talking about? Right, it's the opposite of being neglected, but it's still abuse. Yeah. Unnecessary medical treatment is still abuse. Just when he was like, well, I didn't think anyone would believe you. I shouted out, fuck you. Like, that <laughs> child is... was suffering. She, she yeah, may not have been, has a medical license. you know, beaten to a bloody fucking pulp by her mother, but it was abuse. Yeah. She was abusing her. It was completely unnecessary. Like, how can you watch a child being tortured, even if it's by a medical professional, and not think what the fuck yeah. this isn't okay when he even talked about like this was his second case of it so you've gone through you've got it experience before. yeah you have experience you know that it's not right just i feel like a lot of people failed her and i feel that she did the wrong thing but i feel like she did what she felt she had to and i just i'm really torn the whole thing it's it's just Really don't shitty. Feel good about. I don't. It. I don't feel good about it. But I, I definitely. When I remember the whole story unfolding, I. I feel like she should have a chance at having a life. She missed out on so much, and I feel like getting out at like what thirty two or whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like that's, you know, she should have a shot. Like seeing her in prison and looking so healthy, yeah. Like having teeth and having, having hair, hair. <laughs> and not looking, you know, on the verge of death. Like looking like a normal girl. She says she like gained twenty pounds in like two weeks. Yeah, like just you know not being fed by a feeding tube unnecessarily. I feel. Not I feel like drinking she has... just peed your shirt into your twenties. Seriously, I I feel. I feel happy that she's going to have a chance at, like, you know, she gets out at 32. Maybe she falls in love and gets a chance at having a family and just being a normal fucking human who isn't in the hospital all the goddamn time. Yeah. Just good for her. I, I hope that, you know. And I, and I feel that she doesn't really have, you know, much of a chance of, like, reoffending like i mean yeah the person she hated is gone exactly i feel that her chances of you know being a criminal beyond this are pretty slim i feel like you know it's that's why i'm like maybe it should have been a longer sentence so she's like forced to like kind of like spend time getting an education definitely getting counseling and i and i do i could see longer but i feel like 10 years like you know she's just it's enough time to, you know, counseling and reprogramming, I would say. Like, I hope just because. That she, when she gets out, she goes and stays with her dad and actually well, and learns, I, like, what a loving parent is. Exactly. I, I think that, like, she. Well, and, and just having her dad involved and, like, visiting her and, you know, writing letters and stuff like that, I, I think that it's going to be good. Kind so, of. my biggest concern about this entire thing was when Nicholas's stepdad had that other kid with him 
in the interrogation room. While they're talking about... There's not another cop who can watch him for like an hour? I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that was weird. Uh, Like, what the fuck is happening? Can you get this kid out of this room while you're talking about your stepson and having murdered somebody? Okay, but not only that, but like, the mother was also being interviewed like you couldn't take turns one of you watch the kid while the other one talks about the gore and like weird stuff that your son and stepson have done (laughs) like i was that was really concerning (laughs) not not the best police procedure no and he just sat there like he was totally just sitting around like no big deal i you know Brother, step you don't brother, even really like, need somebody to watch him. Just when somebody's filling out their paperwork, hey, just have this kid sit here. Make sure he doesn't run off. Like, Turn on the television. He'll be fine. <laughs> just, here, borrow my phone. Seriously, super fucking weird. Yes. I feel like that probably is going to have an impact on his like yes. development. We're already talking goes. about two people who are like not well. Now <laughs> let's throw a third one yeah. in. <laughs> just give this kid something to look forward to as an adult they're like crime scene photos look at these and then there's this kid and i was like wait 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 i'm really disturbed by this who is he and why is he in here (laughs) there are a lot of adults not making good decisions no they're really just mind blowing (laughs) so yeah that's the end of it i'm just i don't know how i feel because it's a very just i don't i don't know it's i feel like we should have watched mommy dearest (laughs) why are hangers both shitty moms yeah (laughs) at least that one she had a little brother or something right yeah i haven't seen it in a while but she didn't go through it alone no she had she had a sibling (laughs) someone else to take the beatings just switch off every now and then as it should be (laughs) that's why we have two kids right (laughs) you yell at one and then later on you yell at the other one (laughs) all right i think that's gonna do it for this episode (laughs) is that bad to end on that (laughs) we don't beat our kids we don't i promise you it's really happy (laughs) all right thank you for listening talk to you next week bye